So good evening. Thank you, you know, for inviting me to meet uh, Sefaya Sangha tonight. And uh, behind me is a picture from the Aloka Earthroom. This is a practice space in San Rafael, just on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. A practice space, you know, dedicated to the weaving together of Dharma, ecology, and art. And Johnny is going to paste uh, a link into the chat if you're interested. And there is also two weekly meetings, one online and one in person. You can see more at the link in the chat. And uh, my name is Aya Santachita, and I'm originally from Austria. I'm a, a bhikkhuni, and um, yeah, I'm a nun since uh, the early 90s. And I started you know, my training in the Ajahn Chah tradition in England. Amaravati Buddhist Monastery with Archon Sumedho and uh, came together with Ayananda Bodhi, who recently taught for you, I think, last month. We came together to San Francisco in 2009 and started the Aloka Vihara there. And later on, um, we moved to the uh, Sierra Foothills and had the Aloka Vihara Forest Monastery which we recently uh, disbanded and sold because of the fire problematic out there in the foothills. And now I have started this place here in uh, San Rafael. And uh, tonight I'd like to uh, speak about a Buddhanusati, which is a reflection on the qualities of the Buddha. And... Uh, just, you know, uh, last full moon uh, earlier this week was what's called the Vesak, which is, you know, one of the great um, holidays in Buddhism, which are observed in particular in Asia. And Vesaka Puja, the full moon of May or June, depending, uh, you know, is considered to be the, the day when the Buddha was born, when the Buddha uh, realized full awakening and when he passed away. So that's why it's considered a very important day to remember the Buddha. And that's why I've chosen this theme today. And Buddhanusati is, you know, one of the so-called four protective meditations. And there's, uh, you know, four meditations, um, which are all four found in the sutta, but not as a list. That's a, a later that has been put later together, probably in Sri Lanka in about the 5th century AD. And it can be found in the Vishuddhimaga in chapter 7, this list of the four protective meditations. And there are four different meditations to develop courage, to meet the way things truly are. And they are protective because they're offering protection from particular unwholesome mind states and they reinforce the corresponding wholesome essential qualities for the path, like a specific remedies you know, for specific ailments, we could say. So guarding the mind from negativity and also reminding the mind of the potential. And the first two are a recollection of the Buddha and Metta, and they show the you know the potential of the mind and 
the other two, the second two are Asuba, which is the meditation on the not beautiful meditation on the on a certain aspect of the body and recollection of death. And they those two show us the limitations of a human life. So the first two show us the potential and the second two show us the limitations of a human life. The first two elevate the mind and the second two you know, help the mind to let go of attachments. Just by simply seeing, you know, the way things truly are through those meditations. On the one hand, we can see the, the grandeur of the mind and the capacity of the mind to be limitless. And on the other hand, we can see, you know, that the body, the vulnerability of the body, and at one point the body is going to cease to exist, the death of it. So both of those, they can work together. And uh, so the first one, recollection of the Buddha, uplifts the mind and gives the mind faith and confidence in the potential, you know, because the Buddha was a human being just like us. Shows us, you know, the maximum capacity and helps to overcome fear. And is generally not so easy to be taught in the West because you know, our capacity for devotion is, is not very is not very encouraged, you know. Nevertheless, I think it's a good thing, you know, for all of us to taste it at least once. And then the second the second one, meta meditation, I'm sure all of you have done that as one of the four Brahmaviharas, loving kindness or Sometimes it's also called um, benevolence. Get generally, you know, considered to be an antidote to ill will and anger and fear, opens the heart and gets us, you know, gets us back on track when we get lost in some of the negative emotions and helps us to just, you know, make some space to embrace what's happening, to give it space and to allow it to be there and then through that allowing and acceptance it starts to change it starts to transform just like somehow you know going through the fire of what anger is and not shutting down then it's just going to be purified into you know and into a, a very different kind of um, energy but just keeping steady with it and, and not suppressing it. And then the third one, Asuba. Suba means beautiful and Asuba means not beautiful. And that's considered you know, an antidote to, to lust and also helping you know, us to see the other side of the body. It's not, you know, this meditation isn't, isn't about you know, having a aversion to the body, but it just helps us to balance it out, to show us, you know, on the one hand, you know, bodies can be very, very attractive, our own bodies and the bodies of others. But then if we look at the body in this particular way, in the Asuba practice, we can see there's also another side to the body. For example, you know, like cutting the body open and looking, you know, what's inside the body, for example. Then, you know, we can't help but you know, there's a certain, um, you know, feeling of like, wow, 
coming up, you know, which is, which can be very, you know, kind of refreshing, showing us a very different side of what it is to have a body. And then also the meditation on the elements. The I think I have given that last time when I was here in Yasanga in February, I have given a guided meditation on the elements, which also shows us, you know, that the body and the planet are not two separate things. The body is part of the planet. The body is a secretion of the planet. And the body and, and the planet are in constant exchange and we never cut the umbilical cord to the planet. And if we do that practice, you know, um, consistently, we're going to uh, experience a shift in our perception. And this is, for example, a meditation I uh, share very often here in the Aloka Earth Room, because the practice here in the Earth Room is all about this shift of perception, this shift of perception, who we understand ourselves to be, and to really get more in sync with the, the truth, you know, that the body and the planet are one being. And it sounds, you know, a little bit kind of um, philosophical, but through doing this meditation consistently, we will start to experience that shift. And then through that, you know, different ways of sensing into this non-separation become available because they are already you know, capacities of our senses, which we haven't really trained enough, but they can come online through consistent training. So that's the Asuba practice. And then the last one, recollection on death, you know, classically is done to give us a sense of urgency for the practice. It's considered to be a remedy for heedlessness. And, you know, to realize that this body is just, you know, a riding animal borrowed from nature. And when the time comes, you know, to give it back, then uh, the time will come, you know, and to have to know that this time will come one day. Sometimes it comes, you know, very early in life and sometimes it comes very late, but it's going to come because any, any kind of body which is born will die. It's considered, you know, the cutting edge of impermanence practice and a very powerful um, practice to help us to um, get the motivation going for the practice. Sometimes, you know, if we feel like our practice has gotten a bit <clears throat> complacent, maybe. So that's those four protective meditations, recollection of the Buddha, and metta, which show us the highest potential of the mind, and asuba, and recollection of death, which shows us the limitation of a human life. And together, you know, they are coaching the mind and, and helping the mind to set clear priorities. So they are, you know, they are not like a talisman which protects us, because they are not protecting us from problems. But they are helping us, you know, to navigate problems appropriately 
and to protect ourselves from our own great uh, greed, hatred, and illusion, and from the greed, hatred, and illusion of others. That's the protective power of those meditations. And they can help us, you know, to transform obstacles in opportunities. And remind us of what is real, what is true, and what is possible. And on one hand, you know, what's the limitations? On one hand, what is the potential? And to always, you know, see both sides. Staying grounded in the limitations of a human body, being very vulnerable in many ways. But then, you know, knowing that the mind can be cultivated to full awakening. They're both true. And generally, you know, there's two ways how these practices are uh, applied. Either we can do it, you know, at the beginning of a sit to just, you know, get the mind settled. And then afterwards, you know, do another practice, uh, like just open awareness practice or something like that. Or we can also just have an individual meditation session just about one of those four themes. So the courage to explore the true nature of our lives and protecting us to get lost in our hopes and fears on the path. But, you know, again and again, remembering death will come. The body isn't, you know, only how it looks from the outside. The Buddha was a human being just like us. And, you know, whatever arises in the mind, we can meet it with metta. So that's those four, you know, supports which we can receive from, from this kind of meditation. And uh, the, you know, the meditation on the, on the qualities of the Buddha is based on a, on a certain chant, a classic, you know, Pali chant which I'm going to chant to you in a, in a moment. And, and that lists nine different qualities of the Buddha. And we're going to go through all of those nine different qualities of him. And then for the meditation itself, we're just going to use three of those nine qualities. And they're going to be, you know, like a mantra. They're going to be um, with, a, with a very simple visualization, they're going to be over and over again, you know, turned over in the mind. Turned over, turned over in the mind, you know, until the mind is settled. And then we can just continue with an open awareness practice. So, you know, and, and probably most of you have never done this kind of a practice because it's not much taught in the West. But I just suggest, you know, just give it a try. You might be surprised. <clears throat> so let me just start with the chant, with the, with, the, with the list of those nine qualities. And they are considered, you know, they are used as a springboard for the mind. So just uh, I chanted first in Bali, and then I go over the words with you. 
Itipiso bagawa arahang sama samputo wica carana sampano sukatolo kawitu anutaro purisatamasaratisata teva manusana puto pagawati. That's that list of those nine qualities. And so the first five of those qualities are internal qualities of the Buddha, which makes him a reliable teacher. And the four following qualities are how the Buddha has interacted with others, how he can teach and guide others. The first of five internal qualities, the first one was arahang, which means so much as completely eliminated all greed, anger, and delusion from the mind, never to arise again. So it means like fully purified and liberated from, from samsara, you know, not have to come back again. So a mind fully, completely pure from, you know, negativities. And the next one is Samma Samputo, which means perfectly awakened or perfectly enlightened, fully awakened without a teacher. So he found the path by himself, fully understanding all the Dhammas and able to teach them. And that's like also can it means complete wisdom, the second quality, Samma Samputo, complete wisdom. And the next one is Vicha Charana Sampano, perfect knowledge and understanding and, contact, and conduct and ethics, as well as mastery of meditation. So has mastered you know, knowledge and understanding, has mastered ethics and meditation. So complete mastery of the mind. The next one is Sugato, which means well gone, fully gone along the Noble Eightfold Path and reached the goal of full awakening. And then the next one is Loka Vidu, which means knower of the world, fully understood the world and all realms externally and also internally, you know, the world of the five aggregates and the six senses. So I've understood all of the worlds, internally and externally. So that's what the five internal qualities of the Buddha, which makes him a reliable teacher. And then the four qualities, how the Buddha interacts with others. First one of those is Anuttara Purisadhamma Sarati, which means unsurpassed teacher and trainer of people to be trained understands their capacity, disposition, and attitudes. And because of that, he can guide them. So that was one of the things the Buddha was very famous for, you know, that he exactly knew how to teach somebody. You know, some people, he needed to give a very simple task. For example, there was one monk, you know, who wasn't very good in learning anything. So he gave him a piece of cloth, you know, and, and asked him to wrap the cloth. That's the simile of the cloth is one of the suttas. 
and he wrapped the clothes and wrapped and wrapped and so you know how the clothes started to get darker and and and, and changed you know and, and through that had an insight into impermanence and then to other people he gave very complex um you know explanations and instructions and he always knew what was the right thing because he could understand with his uh, with his you know cultivated mind he could understand what was the right thing for the individual in order to to wake up so that was anuttaro purisadama sarati and then the next one is satta deva manusanang which means teacher of beings in the heavenly realms as well as in the human realm so teacher of devas and humans deva means you know like buddhist angels we could say and manusanang manusa is human beings so teacher of devas and humans and then butto means awakened one also awakener of others awakener of beings and then the last one of those four qualities is bhagawa which means blessed one or exalted one also and is still used today you know in in asia or in india in particular to address uh, so called you know holy ones bhagawa and what that means bhagawa means so much like that he has fulfilled all of the other qualities i have been mentioning all of those qualities fulfilled based on his great compassion so he felt motivated to go through all of those trainings you know based on his great compassion for beings and so he has over countless lifetimes you know developed the the parameter and in the canon you know the word buddha is almost not used but the word bhagava is used a lot so if you go into the yeah, pali canon you can see the word buddha is very very rarely used so that is those you know um nine qualities five internal and four external and you know when we do the meditation we we first you know bring up like an image of a buddha maybe you have a buddha statue at home or you can just you know visualize a buddha statue in front of your inner eye if if that works for you and you know maybe reflecting on the fact you know <clears throat> that the buddha's influence for the good on this planet is is inconceivable you know there's like millions and millions of people who follow his teaching just like us you know it seems a long long time as farhad said you know 2600 years ago this uh, transmission of the teaching started and it's still going strong today so the vast depths of his accomplishment just you know open our minds to that and allow that awesome power you know to just uplift our own minds this unbroken chain of transmission you know which we are now benefiting from and how awesome is that you know imagining you know to have a mind like 
like that. How would that be? You know, mind which is completely free from all negativity. A mind which is wide open as the sky. And if a cloud passes through, it just passes through and there's no grasping and clinging after that cloud. Because, you know, the karma has been purified and also inside has been occurring and clearing out what's called the 10 fetters, which, you know, keep the mind grasping and clinging. So it's a it's a an awesome accomplishment. And you know, we are beneficiaries of that. And not to forget also, you know, that he was he was just a human being. On the one hand, you know, not to forget that, that he was a human being. On the other hand, not to minimize the awesomeness of the accomplishment so both sides you know holding it both in the mind and, and recognizing in ourselves the very buddha in whom we take refuge because we have that same capacity here you know for awareness and for realization and that's where we really take refuge in and the outer buddha the historical buddha gotama is just like a role model you know and, you know, there's a sense of gratitude, of course, you know, for the teaching and a sense of connection, belonging, you know, to that river of transmission. But the true refuge is here. And the Buddha is just mirroring it back to us. And when we bow to the Buddha, you know, we bow actually to our own potential and also to the historical teacher if we like. So in that, you know, that practice that Bhutanusati is actually here, you know, to help us to um, overcome the ignorance about the fact that we have that innate capacity too. So that's what that practice is here for, you know. So every time we do it, ideally, you know, we'd have a, a greater confidence in our own capacity. Because it puts us in touch with our own true nature, our own, you know, the refuge in Buddha. Taking refuge in the Buddha is taking refuge in that capacity for awakening. Because the Buddha is not able, you know, to kind of rescue us in any way. He can only, you know, give us the instructions and then we need to carry it out. So I think, let me see if there's anything else. Yeah, and also, you know, you get, I give you <clears throat> these instructions and then you can be creative, you know, and do with, do what works for you. But the, the important thing is, you know, to have a, like a ever so tiny, but hopefully a certain sense of awe, you know, which helps to open the mind. Because the sense of awe is like, whoops, you know, it uplifts the mind and then the mind just opens up. And that's, is there's a subtle joy in that, you know, and that subtle joy helps the mind to calm and to settle down. And that's, you know, that's the basic um, reason why this practice is done.
you know, to, to, to prepare the mind for settling. Because it's, you know, reflects back to the mind, hey, you know, you can do this. Almost, you know, maybe you can say like a mother, you know, looks at her child when a child is in distress and a good mother would just say, you know, encourage that in the way she looks at the child, I believe in you, you know, you can do it. And then, you know, the, the capacity comes forth because it's already there latent. It just needs to be encouraged. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's the overview, I think, about this practice. And, and you know, as I said before, we're not going to use all nine qualities because it's too much. We're just going to go for three and just going to speak shortly about that. So the first one is going to be Arahang, complete purity. And when I say that, we can just visualize the, the face of the Buddha for a moment, you know, the complete purity of his appearance. And then the next one is Samma Sambuto, complete wisdom. We can maybe visualize his eyes, you know, looking in his eyes and see the wisdom in his eyes. And the last one is Bhagawa, complete compassion. And we could visualize his feet, you know, because he has been wandering, you know, through the Ganges Valley, like for 45 years, you know, after his awakening through Central India, uh, teaching people, you know, and sometimes when he saw that somebody was ready, you know, he would go very, if he would walk far to just meet one person because he knew he could like ping them, you know, to wake up. So he had great compassion also. So complete purity, we visualize the face. Complete wisdom, we visualize the eyes. And complete compassion, we visualize the feet. So I think that's that's it, I would say. And you know, then when we start to meditate, we're gonna sit for a few minutes and then and then I start with the guidance and then we do quite a few rounds of it, you know, and then at the end we just can sit in open awareness. And then there will be also some time for question and responses. And, and you know, before I start with the guidance, I just want to make sure, is there any anything which is confusing or is there anything which needs to be clarified before I start with the guidance? If not, if it just is another question, then let's wait till the end. But if there's just anything in regarding to the meditation, then that would be good to ask now. You could just raise your Zoom hand and Johnny will help you to come into the space. Okay, so great. So let's start. Please, you know, find a posture you can sustain for about 35 minutes or 30 minutes, let's see. <clears throat> Just, you know, allowing your breath to take you into the body. 
you know, before we're going to start with the meditation, just, you know, remembering why have you come today? What's your, your motivation for practicing? And then, you know, just allow your nervous system to settle. You're feeling the weight of the body on the chair, on the cushion, the gravity which pulls this piece of land to the planet. You know, recognizing that we are never cutting the umbilical cord. We are constantly in exchange with planet Earth. And these bodies are Earth element and all the other elements. And there is no separation. It's just a perception. A perception, you know, which is now more and more coming into the foreground as needing urgent adjustment because the way how we conduct ourselves based on this wrong perception has become a, a real issue now on the planet. So we are on this evolutionary threshold now where the human species needs to urgently look into this. And, you know, everybody individually, but otherwise, needs to do that work. But doing it together as a Sangha is so much more doable than doing it on your own. You know, and remembering the vast potential of the mind, the human mind. is a support at this time.
something we can just uh, you know bring up an image of the Buddha Arahan, complete purity. And just allow that, you know, to affect your mind. Arahan, complete purity. And then we come to the next one, Samma Samputo, complete wisdom. And visualizing the eyes of the Buddha. Samma Samputo, complete wisdom, visualizing the eyes. And then Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing his feet, walking, you know, over India for 45 years. Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing his feet. Arahang, complete purity. Visualizing his face. Samma Samputo, complete wisdom. Visualizing his eyes. Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing his feet.
Arahang complete purity, visualizing his face. Samma Sambuto, complete wisdom, visualizing his eyes. And Bhagawa, complete compassion, visualizing his feet. Arahang, complete purity. Samma Sambuto, complete wisdom. Agawa, complete compassion. Just gonna take one more round, you know, and then you can just sit you know, open awareness or continue on your own. Arahang, complete purity. Samma Samputo, complete wisdom. Bhagawa, complete compassion. Then just, you know, with the in-breath, feeling the subtle joy which the mind receives from this meditation and with the out-breath, just relaxing into the spaciousness, the spaciousness of the mind, which, you know, has that subtle joy, one of the seven factors of awakening which is a you know, prerequisite for calming the mind.
with the outbreath relaxing into the spaciousness, the silence. You know, the silence and the space which doesn't end at the walls of the room where we are sitting in, just expanding.
And then, you know, becoming aware of that which knows about the spaciousness. So, you know, dropping the spaciousness and being aware of that which knows about the spaciousness. Almost making a U-turn. And, you know, conscious awareness. Awareness of awareness. That which is the, you know, refuge in Buddha. Refuge in awareness. So resting as awareness. The temporary liberation of the mind through practice on this spaciousness, which, you know, the mind, which is uplifted experiences, the joy and the spaciousness. Very subtle joy or maybe even contentment.
Please, can everyone turn off the sound?
So in two or three minutes, I'm going to ring the bell. Still coming back to the breathing, back into the body, feeling the weight. And remembering we are, we are recipients of this teaching of this very powerful teacher who lived in Iron Age India. Yeah, the long time ago when there were just a few million people on the planet and how things have changed since then and how the our situation at the moment is pretty you know alarming really the biosphere of the planet is is in big distress you know coping with all of the impact which we have been uh, originating you know with our way of living and with the huge numbers of of us and still you know this teaching can still help us we can still bring this teaching into the contemporary situation And, you know, use it as a foundation from which we can allow this information, you know, to change us. Because we do have this refuge in awareness and we can come back to it uh, any moment we remember it. That gives us a steadiness, that gives us a rooted and groundedness in reality in the present moment. And now we still have about 15 minutes if there is anything any would like anyone would like to maybe comment or clarify something 
could just raise your Zoom hand if you like. Barbara. Thank you. I have a question that was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, a question for clarification. So yeah. um, wisdom is looking into the eyes. Um, compassion is grounded in the feet. Yeah. Look, look at the feet. Look at the feet. Yeah. And purification. Purity. Is, purity. Purity. Is, is looking at his face. The face. Thank you. Thank you. Can be also another, you know, meditation question if you or practice question or comment. Doesn't necessarily need to have, uh, you know, to be in connection with the instruction I've been sharing today. I'd like to ask a question. Um, yeah, Jessica. In the in the um, with the instruction, when I was um, trying to visualize the the various um, you know the face and the eyes and the and the feet, I had the sensation in my body. I think maybe because my attention, like sort of, is understanding those spaces on my own body, there's some sort of sense that it um, that it was here. You know those those the you know it's not just an external something this buddha image or because all, all that could come to mind is sort of these pictures that i see or these statues right but the sense it was in the body as well and so mm -hmm. is that is that sort of related to this thing about you know that the refuge is here the buddha is here is is that sort of like an incorrect understanding of maybe no no i think you know however i think you know if I think, you know, that if you visualize, let's say, the face of the Buddha, that you kind of have a perception also of your own face. I think that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Thank you for asking, Jessica.
Well, you know, there's no more, nothing to say. Fahad, uh, do you want to, because at the end I can do some sharing of blessings, but Fahad, is there anything you would like to say before? And thank you, Johnny, for putting the link into the uh, chat again. Thank you. No, I think that's, that's what, that was it, because we are done with the announcements. Um, All right. Yeah, I think we can just get into the refugees. The sharing of merit with the Yeah. Do you mean I should offer the refugees to the people? Merit, sharing of merit. I was thinking of something else. <laughs> okay. All right. Sharing of merit, you meant, right? Yeah, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do the ETP soul one more time, you know, the round of the, um, because we have the time. I do it maybe three times. And ETP soul is the chant, you know, with the nine qualities of the Buddha. And that ETP soul means so he is. So that's how it starts. And then there is those nine qualities. So I'm going to chant three rounds of that. And then at the end, I do the sharing of blessings. And, you know, and if there's anyone in your lives <clears throat> or any situation who could do some, yeah, could use some good energy, you could just like, while I'm doing the chanting, you can, you know, hold the name in your heart or maybe the situation in your heart, an image. And, you know, wishing these people or this, this situation, wishing well and sharing all of the good energy of your practice today with them. And also, you know, saying thank you to SFI for inviting me, uh, to Eugene and Pam, and uh, to you, Fahad, for hosting, and Johnny for, uh, you know, doing the admin, doing the, everything around it, and for everybody who comes, and to the Buddha, you know, for giving us this, Powerful teaching. Itipi so bagawarahang samma sambuto vichacharana sampano sukato loka vitu anuttaro purisatamma sarati sata deva manusana puto bagawati. Itipiso bagawa arahang samma samputo vichacharana sampano sukatolo kavitu anuttaro purisatamma saratisata deva manusanang puto bagawati. Itipiso bagawa arahang samma samputo vichacharana sampano sukatolo kavitu anuttaro purisatamma saratisata deva manusanang puto bagawati. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you by the power of all the Buddhas. May you ever be well. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you by the power of all the Dhamma. May you ever be well. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you 
by the power of all the Sangha, may you ever be well. So goodbye and um, all the best. Thank you. Until I see you again. Sometime, I don't know, sometimes this year, I think in December. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.